Hello, Kryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, episode 472, the last Wednesday of 2022. It is December 28th, 2022. I'm your host, Blockchain John, here with my co-host, Jake Jabarelli, ready to give you the crypto news of the day. But before we do that, wasabi, Jake. Wasabi. No, it's wa wasabi. That's right. <laughs> It's such an old joke. Uh, it's been an interesting day. I won't go into details, but it is, uh, yeah. Um, I feel the pain of all these companies that are failing. So it is as not as as present as people who've lost hundreds of millions of dollars, but it's on a similar scale, tens of hundreds of dollars. <laughs> So right, let's head over to the first one if you don't mind taking that. Yeah. So um, I was really enthusiastic about this. Uh, we're getting most of our news today from Decrypt and uh, uh, our favorite authors, in particular Andrew Hayward, <coughs> writes an article called Nouns. That's the name of the NFT series. Nouns, Ethereum NFTs will appear in the 2023 Rose Parade. That's this Sunday. I'm, I love the Rose Parade because I've been involved with it for so long in my life. Uh, I used to live down in, in it, really close to Pasadena in Southern California. Anyway, so Seth Green's production company built a nouns-inspired float and costume characters for next week's pre-Rose Bowl festivities. So they're going to be putting um, these characters from the nouns NFTs series into the parade as walking, you know, uh, uh, costume characters. But um, I just I just think it's because NFTs have struggled so much lately. It's great to see a project making such a huge presence uh, in in this particular you know activity because it's like it. Board API. Oops, my bad. I made that way too loud. Um, <laughs> uh, there, I'm just enthusiastic about NFTs. Even though NFTs are just pictures, I wanted to, I had a I had a rant perfectly lined up for this. I was going to do it when we started streaming earlier, just so it would be on record. Um, but the whole point I wanted to make about about NFTs is like nobody really barks about the concept of a person who owns a really famous painting. So let's say you had a Van Gogh, you know, that wasn't in a museum, and it's worth you know tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars. An original, right? Anybody can take a print, right? You could make could take a picture of a Van Gogh in the museum and blow it up and put it on your wall. And yet everybody, when they talk about NFTs, is like, well, boy, you, you own a picture. Who cares? Yeah. Let's say you own the Mona Lisa. Who cares? Oh, everybody cares. Why does everybody care? Because it's famous. Because it's for some reason it's this valuable thing. Nobody, nobody, no one person owns the Mona Lisa. It's in the Louvre. It's a you know it's owned by the by the French government. But what I'm saying is it's not about the picture. It's about the rights to the picture. That's what NFTs are. And because NFTs, unlike paintings themselves or photos or whatever, um can be transferred around indefinitely, of course, like a digital document. Um, of course, you can have a print. You can have a print of any NFT. I can have every single Board Ape Yacht Club if I want. I don't want them because I think they're ugly. But uh, I can have a print of it. But I can't own the original. 
And cool, the cool thing about this is even though the Luna leases itself, if you could possibly own it or a Van Gogh or something uh, or a, a Degas or something, whatever the painting is, is of course you could have a print of it. But it, the, having the original is the prestige of saying you have something original. But the cool thing about this is the value of the coin connected to that blockchain can fluctuate, can go up and down in value, which means that the value of your of your painting can go up or your picture or your portrait or whatever the image is, the NFT itself can go up and down or can change value. But it can also change value based on the thing itself. So if it happens to be like a Beeple, then yes, it's going to be worth a lot more or maybe not. But... Uh, the, because the coin itself changes price, you can also it can also change value there too, and I think that's fascinating. Unlike the value of the dollar, which rarely changes, at least not over a long, long, long period of time, it does. Uh, so to me, people getting all up in arms about oh, you can have a print. Yes, you can have a print of the Mona Lisa. You can't own the Mona Lisa, but you can have a print of it. Same thing with the Board Abiot Club. So with these nouns. I'm just really hyped about the idea of it getting more out into the public, not because they're necessarily going to make a ton of money on it, which they probably will, uh, but because it's bringing up the efficacy of NFTs, the purpose, the point, the excitement, the, the validity. And, and the one thing I think you and I talked about, John, at one point was you, you found a, an artist in San Francisco when you were at your, your annual meeting with your, your club. Um, and you said, well, you wanted to help that person get their art into NFT format. To help them sell it, and I think this is what all art should be. I mean, the more we can have art sites, um, I'm trying to think of the one I was using for the longest time. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but let's just pick any any named you know a site where you can post your own art. You need to be able to make. Oh, I know what it was. It was phone. I was using the the phone app. That's F O N E, and I can post whatever art I want there and make an NFT out of anything. You don't know what art's going to be valuable in the future. You may as well make an NFT out of every single, single piece of art that you make. Or if you're an artist, make an NFT out of it so that at some point you can get secondary um, fees off of all the resales. Right now, if someone sells your art in the open market, even though you know it's yours, you don't get anything for it. With NFTs, you do. So I'm really excited about this. Sorry about the rant, I'm but I'm surprised I, that the Board Ape Yacht Club actually didn't end up in the Rose Parade. I'm mean, considering how well they did this year. Well, yeah, they they did do pretty well, but this is actually a deliberate, you know, thing. They actually made a, a Rose Parade float with Rose oh, well, Parade well, characters. They, so the Steve <coughs> Buddy Studios, I guess they uh, they did a fundraiser in uh, of 610 ETH, which yep. I think at the time it's about a million. They, that's a million dollars, but uh, now in present time, it's a lot less than that. About three quarters of a million and, now. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was enough for them still to get it out. I mean, come on now. Does it really cost a million? I see it being in the hundreds of thousands, but I don't know. No, about it's. It, they said it in the article. They said 610 ETH is worth about $725,000 today, so. Yeah, yeah. But even then, I, did something like this really cost a half a million dollars? Um, to build a float, yeah. It could could easily be that much. I back. Okay. It, I have no experience in building floats. <laughs> they're pretty complicated. <laughs> I, w I went to Cal Poly for a short number of a short number of years, and and yeah, it's it can definitely be expensive. But I'm just I'm just really excited. I mean, yes, it's another promotional thing. Um, and apparently, the the, uh, the nouns have also been in the Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Sorry. Um, it's not my thing. 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, they do have commercials, and the commercials are very popular. Very popular, very and, expensive. Uh, the nouns are on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I am, I'm excited about another promoted NFT series. And it, it, it it's funny because I'm only going to bring up the Trump thing just real briefly here is Trump sold out of his NFTs already, and, it's, and they're already worth three to four times what the original asking price was. So it's... It comes down to promotion, marketing, and uh, and somewhat to some degree with cloud. And at that point, you realize that the whole thing about NFTs is really is not really just about cloud and just about making money, but it is it is a digital asset that, like the Mona Lisa, in the sense that it is unique, can be uniquely identified. And that's there is value in that. So. Especially if there's only a certain number of things, and everybody wants one. You know, a lot of people want to try to NFTs because they're mocking him. But um, Board of Yacht Club, there's only ten thousand of them. If you happen to have one, then you must have paid a lot of money for it, or else you stole it. <laughs> so, the next article we got from also from Decrypt once again. This yeah. one's about the Gemini twins. Hmm, sounds like they're in some hot water because. Uh, they're now being sued. If you guys don't know, the uh, the, the Winklevoss twins have actually been in crypto space since pretty much since the beginning. Yep. You know, in yep. the early days, they bought Bitcoin, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of Bitcoin, pennies of the dollar, um, and yeah, they're sitting on on a bunch of Bitcoins, and uh, they created a an exchange, centralized exchange, um, called Gemini. And uh, now they're being sued in regards to their high yield earn uh, products. Of course, because they're providing that service there in uh, on their platform, and now there's a lawsuit going on. So, main yeah. re- main reason was that they they were involved with what um, three hours capital, mm-hmm. and when three hours went down and took some of their their um, capital with them, and they're like, well, that section of their business is now out of commission and unavailable, and it's not not directly their fault and they can't i mean they're being sued because it's their business they made the guarantees and made it possible for you know people to do this high yield and sadly ironically not possible thing same thing with ftx and, and celsius these ponzi schemes that we've been facing when it's too good to be true it's too good to be true <laughs> mm-hmm. so they uh they're 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 they're, they're going to have to handle it some way. I mean, it's not like they have no money, and will they be able to deal last with it? Month, last month, they ended up suspending the the, the withdrawal services uh, for for certain key partners. Um, obviously, in regards to the contagion with FTX and Alameda Research, right? No, they they just don't know. There, uh, there's obviously like I said way at the beginning when this whole uh, debacle happened with uh, FTX when they collapsed. They're tentacles go through just about everything so mm-hmm. it's better to be safe than sorry and that's currently where they're at and yeah. now that they're they're freezing assets they're being sued for that yeah but it, it, uh, the main thing is that genesis itself and the digital currency group dcg uh owe their users almost a billion dollars do do the winklevoss twins have a billion dollars to cover their their losses <laughs> I think they do. yeah i think they do they probably do yeah. So, uh, it, per the per the article um, in their complaint, the investor said that Gemini refused to honor any further investor redemptions, effectively wiping out all investors who had still had holdings in the program. 
So it's kind of like, I can see why these people are angry. They're like, hey, that's our money. You know, we invested, you guys gave us certain guarantees and you're not holding true to them. Now, I understand, as I said before, the reason that the, the Winklevoss is, are probably, you know, not happy about this is that it's like, well, well, you know, it's not directly our fault for the failure of these other companies. But it's like, well, if you make a representation and you do not follow through, you're at fault, not the other company. You know, I, I, what I used to say was when I was working in customer service, the problems of the company are not the fault of the customer. It's the fault of the company. The company has to deal with it. And yet it's annoying, but you were making money off them, so it works the other way too. Yep, 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 yep. Right on to the next news article we have. And from... North Korea. Yeah, yeah so uh, also from Decrypt, uh, Jason Nelson wrote, writes the article, North Korea-linked Lazarus Group poses as VC firm... To spread malware, cybersecurity Kaspersky says Blue Noroff's newest malware can circumvent the Mark of Web or MOTW security measures. This is this is a <laughs> this is really bad. Um, well, Lazarus Group has been around for a long time. They are a very powerful, powerful North Korean um, um, hacker group. Yeah, uh, highly they've active. Much been hacking all along since the early days up until now, and they just keep getting stronger and stronger. They are the, I would say they are the, in my opinion, they are the number one best hacking group out there in the world. I don't know, Anonymous might have something to say about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I, I don't know if Anonymous hacks like like that, you know, like the way Lazarus, Lazarus Group is here to make money. They're always hacking different exchanges, different DeFi, well, yeah, DeFi. And uh, now they're out here making malware. Making trouble, yeah. Well, as as they always do, right? They're the uh, arm of it's the cyber arm of North Korea. Uh, so yeah, uh, this Noroff com- Blue Noroff company is fake, or it's a real company, but it's a fake company in the sense that it is a well, a real company in the sense of it has a name and a website. But I mean, that could be anybody. I could have a name and a website, and not be a company. But um, they're making all these fake domains and personating venture capital companies and banks and. Honestly, they're just trying to do whatever they can to make, to steal as much money as possible from everywhere else in the world, um, because they've already made 1.2 billion dollars just hacking. Yeah, it's 2017. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, and we we look at uh, hacking as this other thing that's not at the level of a hot war, as it were, hot war like that's going on in in uh, Ukraine right now. In Ukraine, war, it's like, well, people are dying. It's like, hey. Yes, I will say that hacking doesn't often cause people to ex- to directly, explicitly die. It does happen. It's just rare. What ends up happening is you you know your assets get stolen or your money gets stolen, or you know things that have to do with digital um, currency or digital assets assetry. Um, that stuff gets so. Does that kill you? Probably not. But does it hurt? Yeah, of course it hurts. A lot more things are moving digital, and a lot more people are not still looking at digital as substantial, even though it quite literally is. And we keep, I want to make a correlation here just as a comparative tool. We've talked, John and I have talked a lot about um, CBDCs coming to the United States, and that's not having to do with cannabis. We're talking about central bank digital currencies. The thing we're worried about with the CBDC is that that gives the government full control over every 
unit of fiat, uh, well, not fiat, but unit of currency that a person has in their possession. And our worry about this is that it's making everything digital. Well, we already know that almost everything is already digital. Yes, you could still use U.S. dollar bills to buy things, but uh, at least for John and I, no particularly, when you're using tap to pay on a regular basis, you don't even see the dollars anyways. You know, if you work for a company, those dollars go digitally to the bank that you use, and then you use them digitally to pay for the things that you pay for. So is it really all that different from a at least a crypto-based or a coin-based system? At the moment, you or the bank controls your money, even though technically it's U.S. dollars belong, all the U.S. dollars belong to the people of the U.S. Um, but the, uh, the newer cryptocurrency systems still have validity. They still have substance. They still have functions. They're still tools. They're just not green folding paper or physical coins like they used to be. And the whole point of this, as we well know, is the ease of transmission. You can easily move money from place to place if it's digital, right? Because the internet has no bounds. This is the reason that, uh, what, was it, what was the name of the island country that, that um, East, was it Easter Island that had the, their, their power knocked out and that they used cryptocurrency to get back online really quickly? Remember we reported on that? Yeah, it's, it's a while ago. I don't recall. Um, well, any, it might have been American Smoke. I can't remember where it was exactly. But the thing, the reason I, I, I find this fascinating is because the uh, they went to crypto because it was it was helpful. It was quick. You know, their banking system was out of commission, and they used crypto. It got there instantaneously. It's the same thing with donating to Ukraine. You know, mm-hmm. they needed money, and their traditional banking systems were down or unavailable. So we sent. You know all kinds of different cryptocurrencies to them to support them, and this is this can be done in all kinds of ways, and it's so much faster and more simple. This is the whole point of Bitcoin and the concept of cryptocurrency in general was that it was circumventing the traditional methodologies, and this is the problem I'm making the point. So even though Blue Noroff and or Lazarus Group is hacking all these things, it's making people go, "Wow, this actually is substantial." Yes, it always has been. It was just a different system before, and now we're changing to this new system. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means you need different security. So, Continuing on with the article, I wanted to mention uh, this. Imagine you're an aspiring dev that just finished schooling or whatnot, or just have, you know, 10, 20 years of experience. Now you want to get into the crypto space. Just imagine that for a moment, yeah? Okay. Now you start looking over at uh, big, big companies like Coinbase and Crypto.com. And um, you start to look at uh, what they're doing, and they're, they're obviously they're hiring. Cool. You click on their link, and their link says, "Hey, yeah, go ahead and download our, our open uh, open vacancies PDF file." And so, of course, you're going to do that. This is obviously all a trick, right? Mm-hmm. It's not sophisticated by any sense. It's more of just a, a an illusion, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's to lead you to do that, and it makes sense because you're applying for the job, right? As a dev, it's like, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to click this and see what's a, what's a, a, what what. The terms and conditions are this position. You download that PDF file and boom, you're done. Because you just technically downloaded a Trojan horse made by the Lazarus Group that steals your personal information and your Or locks your yeah. computer or holds you hostage or does all kinds of nefarious things. It's not in the sense that it's complicated where they're directly hacking you. They're making you do all the work. Yeah. Right? And, of course, you're thinking that you're doing the right thing, but in reality, no. So be careful what you download out there. 
Well, it's just... and, and speaking of that, that's what that's what terrifies me about NFTs. You know, because technically you can upload a Trojan horse to an NFT. If you start downloading that file, you know, to keep it locally on your on your hard drive, mm-hmm. technically downloading the Trojan horse. Well, I mean, this is one of the things it's we faced. on the blockchain. One of the things we faced uh, in um, the early days of Napster and uh, and Kazaa which I was a participant in, was when, I mean, I'm not saying that, oh yeah, LimeWire was another word, eDonkey2000, there's a lot of bunch, bunch of different companies out there that, that existed uh, for this purpose. But you didn't know what you were getting until you finished the download and recognized that it was either a zip file, an executable file, a, a, a WAV file, or a, a movie file. And... And I can tell you, as a Kazaa node for the years that I, well, it wasn't years, like nine months or something, but for the time that I did it, uh, there were a lot of people mislabeling uh, movies as other movie names on a regular basis. And I know this still happens in the Tor network on a regular basis, but it it's like, <laughs> do you know what you're getting? You don't know what you're getting until you're done with it. Hopefully you can scan the file when it's coming, but maybe then you can't, how do you know? You don't. So... I guess one way one way of doing it is what you were, we were talking about earlier is using a VM. Is if you're really skeptical about what you're downloading or getting from a file, just use a VM. And if it corrupts the VM, it doesn't matter because it's not your actual computer. Well, continuing on. All right, we got this one from Liam J. Kelly once again from Decrypt. What would crypto look like without centralized exchanges like FTX? Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, that means no more sex and more DEX. Yep. So that's what that means. Primarily, at the core of it. At the core. So FTX crisis has put even more heat on centralized uh, crypto exchanges. What if they all went away entirely? Uh, you got to leave only DeFi, you know, DeFi or decentralized exchanges. Well, first of all, um, I, honestly, in my opinion, it's going to be a little more complicated for people. No. For normies? <laughs> there's going to yeah, normies. <laughs> there's going to be resistance to learn the technology yes. to onboard onto that. And so I was actually having this conversation earlier um, last week with William. Shout out to William out there um, that uh, we were talking about this. And it, it was in regards to the whole FTX uh, collapsing and, and is, is Binance really backed one-to-one? And if it's not, is it going to collapse? And I said, you know what? Um, you pretty much have to take the word of, of, of CZ uh, just because we not we don't have the insight of what's technically on their books. Even with the whole um, uh, uh, proof of reserves, it's still not enough information to really prove that you own all that stuff, right? Right. You currently have it in possession. Right. Um, and I told them that I would on a part of me wants centralized exchanges to stay because it's nice to have that ease ease of use on ramp for people that don't know how to use decentralized exchanges or DeFi, right? Well, it's good but, for them just to convert stuff from there into crypto. In a if, sense, go ahead. Sorry. If if, if centralized exchanges end up collapsing, FTX and maybe Binance. And all that leaves is the other side, which is DeFi and uh, uh, decentralized exchanges. You know, you got to learn how to use those. There's a couple more steps. There's going to be some resistance on there. But it gives you the ultimate custody of your coins. As the whole idea behind crypto is that you want to be able to hold your coins. Using centralized exchanges means they're not your coins. Right. 
period. There is no if, ands, or buts. But once you deposit them, they're technically not yours. Period. There's no discussion about, there's no debate about that. Period. Uh, we know this from experience. We've, been, we've <laughs> invested a bunch of our coins on, on Celsius, and they're all locked up. Can't get them out. Nope. Now you can you can with with uh with, there's atomic decks which I've used and then there's atomic wallet which I've also used and still do, and I like the atomic wallet because you get to hold the coins yourself and you can still earn staked value. So, this is what people are turning using, to. Using using DeFi, right? Yeah, atomic wallet using DeFi to stake coins just like you would with like uh, Cosmos. Cosmos, it's your it's your coin. It's your coins. It's you're basically holding in something like um, uh, I, I use the Kepler wallet, but you could use it in like MetaMask or Trust wallet. It's your stuff still. It's you control the the, the keys, which means that you can at any time you wish take that money out. So this is what we're moving towards. So you, you said what was it? You said which wallet was it? The Kepler wallet. Oh yeah, I know the 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 I use Atomic wallet because it's a non-custodial wallet that. Uh, um, I have all the keys too. They're my private keys. The I can. I Go ahead. The wallet I want to plug in there is uh, Trust Wallet. Trust, well, yeah. That's another one. I mean, even 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 Coinbase Wallet have a uh, a non custodial wallet mm -hmm. out there, um, and even Binance. Uh, well, Binance. And Binance has, has their own. Yeah, they do have a wallet that you can use. Which is another? One? There's another one here. Let me check my phone real quick. Let's see. Ledger. Ledger's another one. Coin. Q. I think Qcoin has. Qcoin. Yes, they have their own wallet. Yeah. So there's a lot of different yeah, so non custodial wallets. Yeah, pretty much any, any wallet, you want to check them and see if they have a, a DAP uh, option on there mm -hmm. you know, to, to access decentralized uh, products or services on there. Yep. That's the way to go. So download those wallets, check them out. They have the DAPs available or, or what looks like a web browser, which mm -hmm. you can uh, plug in any DAP on there and uh, just interact with, it, interact with it with your wallet. It's the same thing with like Meta, MetaMask is one of the more, one of the original wallets that has a lot of different uh, chains that you can connect to it. And then like with um, Binance Smart Chain in particular, uh, you, which was one of the first secondary chains after Ethereum that MetaMask supported, and I got into it so early on that it was, it was still janky as all get out because it was, it was not easy to follow and un or understand. Um, it's still not easy to follow, but <laughs> uh, it's nice because you get to keep those coins in your own on the chain as long as you got, have your own private key. Then it's your it's you control it, and yes, you can invest, but it's still you can take it out whenever you like, assuming it's still up there. Now I will say, <laughs> like we were talking about PooCoin.app, um, PooCoin will help you find out if a smart contract is illegitimate um, if it's just a honeypot, but. Uh, things like Pancake, which have been around for a long time, or Bunnycoin, which have been all, been around for a very long time, those ones, although they could be rug pulled in a sense, are have so many people involved with them. I don't think it would be possible to really easily evacuate those um, markets. I Same. Want to read this last paragraph right. at the bottom. It says concluding next year will offer tons of business opportunities for crafty entrepreneurs who find unique ways to tackle each of these problems or more than one of them at the same time. As former Netscape CEO Jim Barksdale said, there are only two ways to make money in business, bundling and unbundling. Boom. Right. All right, moving on to uh, venture capitalist and $6 billion man, uh, Mark Cuban, Cuban, who is doubling down on Bitcoin while dissing gold. 
Shark Tank host also said he wants Bitcoin's price to fall more so he can buy more. Just like, that's it. Same way we feel. <laughs> so, um, if, if anybody wasn't already aware, lately uh, Bitcoin has fallen to the point where I think the article makes mention it compared to gold. Gold last year was worth about 1800 Gold this year at the same time is worth about $1,800. And the difference between Bitcoin last year at this time and Bitcoin this year at this time is, uh, well, a huge difference compared to gold. And so it basically points out that if you invest in gold at that price last year, you'd still have about the same amount of gold this time this year, um, at the same time this year. And instead of uh, <laughs> uh, Bitcoin, which was like $70,000 and has only 16, about one-fifth of its price to previously. Um, so it's, yeah, you, you definitely would have lost money. And yet Mark Cuban is saying the heck with gold. The reason that Bitcoin is better is because it's like digital gold. And even though there is a digital gold coin out there, uh, crypto coin rather, the advantage with this in particular is that it's much more, uh, what's the word I was thinking of before, uh, uh, liquid. It's liquid in the sense that it's it's much more easy to move. It's I mean, you don't have to go through banks. You can, but you don't have to. You can even trade Bitcoin directly to other people, and a lot of people will just accept it, whereas with gold, um, not so easy. Like, uh, can you take a... Uh, a one ounce, or even a much smaller than that, because one ounce is $1,800 right now, but a, let's say a fractional ounce uh, fleck of gold to the grocery store and buy your groceries. No. Can you buy it with Bitcoin? Well, not at every grocery store, but some, if you use BitPay, um, you can use the transaction and they'll let you pay it as if it was really the fiat currency of choice. Uh, can you take gold to, the, to a car dealership and give them a, a bar of gold for a car? You might be able to do that with like a used car dealership, but they're still going to want to know where that gold came from in case it was stolen. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that gold can do in the sense of it being a store of value, but there's a lot of things gold can't do. You can't really trade things for gold. Um, but you can trade a lot of things for Bitcoin. So, and you can invest in Bitcoin. There are ETFs, maybe not, I say the U.S. doesn't have any ETFs for Bitcoin right now, right? But even though they've been asking for them. But there are in other countries, there are ETFs for Futures, yeah, for, for Bitcoin. So uh, Bitcoin has a lot more adaptability, a lot more liquid, liquid functionality. Even though the price has gone down and, yes, you would have lost money, it's still doing better in effect and in function than gold really ever has. So I can see why he's slamming gold in this sense. I mean, they're, they're overblowing it because it makes it sound more e efficacious when you say, he's dissing gold. I'm sure Mark Cuban owns gold. <laughs> And probably a lot of it, but probably a lot more Bitcoin because it's much more fluid and, and movable than gold is. I mean, gold's heavy, right? And it's malleable. I mean, it's almost better to put it in your electronics than just, just hold on to it. So. Last uh, news of the day. We have coming in from Coindesk.com. FTX users sue for priority repayment and damages and bankruptcy proceedings. Hmm. Go figure. Yes. It's here. It's finally here. Were you, are you surprised? I'm not surprised. No, no. Of course there was going to be a class action lawsuit against FTX. Why not? And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to come, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's... I think, I think there was even nations trying to sue... Oh, no. Was it <laughs> FTX? There's so, there's so many companies that went belly up that, that uh, there's a lot of... <laughs> 2022 was the year... Is the year for, for, for companies collapsing. There's a lot of class action lawsuits going on out there. 
Oh, um, so that's pretty much what this was talking about. A group of FTX users are asking a U.S. court to make sure that they are the first to get repaid in the crypto exchange bankruptcy proceedings uh, filed Tuesday. Hmm. So it makes you wonder, who are these people? Why are they demanding to be paid first? Now, what do you say, Jake? Um, well, I mean, I don't know these names at all, but uh, they are obviously people who have enough money to even file a, a serious class action lawsuit, but most likely they are uh, high value, high dollar value uh, plain, plaintiffs that are interested in getting their money because they're like, well, I mean, if you were a person who put in, uh, let's say, $50 million, I mean, we know even, even Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, didn't put that much money into FTX, but if you were a person who put in $15, 20000000 million into FTX, you're going to want to get your money out first because it's usually people with that kind of money aren't putting all their money into something that big, but it's still going to be a huge remember chunk. That, <laughs> remember that FTX still has $8 billion unaccounted. Well, it's accounted, but they have access to that because that was, quote-unquote, hacked when this whole thing right, happened. Right, right. So huge amount of money went out the door yep. before it could be accounted, and it was said to have been stolen, but like so many rug pulls before, it really is most likely just... Because it was, it was interestingly convenient, right? We mm-hmm. see this happen, and then, oh, suddenly everything's stolen? Why didn't it get stolen before? Why wasn't it stolen exactly. a year ago? Exactly. You know, um, and, and just to find out, and I'm sure that this is going to be brought up, too, uh, on the record, uh, with, with a built-in backdoor, or mm-hmm. even God mode um, um, services. That's, that's, been, that's been mentioned, but hasn't been brought up uh, um, officially on record. Yeah. Yeah. They, they. What happened was. Uh, let me. Let me think. Let me think. Well, you know what? I shouldn't even get into FTX details. Oh, we don't have to talk about it. But yeah. So then's the news for the last article. The last time of our uh, last episode of 2022. We will be doing again probably Sunday or Monday this coming week for the beginning of 2023. Uh, we would like to say a shout-out to the people who donated to us yesterday. Thank you very much for donating. We appreciate that. We always appreciate every donation when they come in. We have just recently added the Evermore uh, Asset Aware Wallet uh, address to our coin tree. If you want to get your own coin tree, they're all free, sponsored by Naomi Brockwell, who is a huge crypto advocate. Uh, so you can donate in many different formats here, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Raven, Ever, Doge, Tron, Litecoin, Monero, Bat. Binance Smart Chain or Matic. You can also check us out on Discord, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Spotify, as well as listening to our Anchor podcast, Anchor.fm. Uh, we are. You can donate also to other things like Coinbase and Cash App. Uh, there is also crypto. If you didn't already know, Cash App has crypto. So does Venmo. I recently found that Venmo has crypto. That's kind of cool. Um, we don't have a Venmo address. Uh, we would say we would advertise our Odyssey, but unfortunately, Odyssey is being demoted because of its loss in the, in the uh, federal courts. So, with if that, you are interested in being on the podcast. We are opening up our roster for for one on one interviews. So please reach out to us. Um, we're in, in the coin tree. Um, yep. Through most likely Discord, reach out to us through there, and uh, let us know that you're interested in being on the podcast. We do have a roster; it is filling up quick. And uh, next year is going to be a very, very, very informative year with a lot of projects uh, looking to get onto the podcast and talk about what they have going on. Yep. So with that said, let's go ahead and wrap it up. All right. Thanks all for listening. Give us a thumbs up if you appreciate us on YouTube. With that, stack sats and hodl. Hodl. Adios. Adios.